0: Hi, you're listening to the Raise the Vibe with Liz podcast. I'm your host, Liz Peterson. I interview today's inspirational speakers and healers. Thank you for listening to the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Raise the Vibe with Liz. I'm your host, Liz Peterson. Welcome to today's show. I'm so excited to have Amanda Kelly on Raise the Vibe with Liz today. Amanda owns a small but mighty PR agency, is a public (laughs) award-winning poet, single mother, and yoga teacher. We will be talking about the realities of a small business being a small business owner right now, what it means to find personal and professional opportunities during quarantine, and what practices, rituals, exercises can help boost our own individual and thus collective good health and immunity. Amanda,
1: so awesome to have you on the show today. I'm happy to be here. I know we've talked about doing this for a long time, and I feel like the timing is right now, so I'm glad that you asked. Thank you for having me. Cool. So I was like, laughing, trying to come up with um, just so the audience has a little understanding of the background. Liz and yeah. I are really good personal friends. Yeah. Um, and so trying to come up with like a descriptor because I'm not, you know, an energy healer necessarily or anybody who has a brand in this. Um, although that that's growing. But thinking about like, how do you describe yourself so your friend doesn't write back and go, nah. <laughs> <laughs> it was perfect. And right I- on point.
0: And you're such a humanitarian you know, the way that you communicate with us, your friends, your family, your giving nature, you are huh. a light bringer. You are a That light makes bringer. me cry. And I love you to pieces and I'm so glad that you're going to be here sharing your heart with everybody, you know, that listens to the show.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's my pleasure. I feel like we are creating a whole um, new world order right now to some extent. Yeah. Um, and so We're using the tools we have, and I think appropriately so. It's been interesting um, just watching, you know, a lot of my business is in social media, Mm -hmm. and I can see and I have seen for years how that can be hugely toxic to individual lives, right? Kids that are on there all day and comparing themselves to others. And then also how it can be a tool for good. Um, And so watching kind of what has happened in the digital, the online community world since quarantine has been pretty astonishing um, from a business and personal perspective. yeah, we're all learning. What does that look like from a business perspective for you? Well, for me, it's really funny. I was ending a relationship with a longtime client, a, a, a well-known um, wellness industry client that I've been working with for about five years. And right sort of in January and February, that relationship was coming to a close and I've since not working with them anymore as of March, but watching COVID kind of unfold and being in that industry already and then now watching everybody bringing their content online and how they're going about it and watching people's responses to each other's suffering um, has been very interesting. And for me just personally, and this is sort of why I thought the timing was good for the call, it's been an opportunity to um, work with people that I don't know would have reached out to me prior to COVID. So I've had the luck to have two new clients since um, quarantine and it's both women who are coming to the table with projects that they've wanted to bring online. One's an amazing um, equine photographer with beautiful, fine art photography that she wants to now really have a, like, that's what she wants to make her life's work. You know, this thing happened and there's a sense of, um, a finiteness to our own our own lives now maybe that people didn't have before or they had the, the energy or the time to put towards personal projects projects that are meaningful and I think more than anything that is what is coming out so strongly to me across the board um, in professional relationships and just in the lives of my friends I can see people really stepping into their power um, and contributing their true and authentic dharmic work, and I say that, you know, making quotation signs, if you're only listening to this, um, you know, your dharma is the work you should be doing. If you're a writer, you should be writing. If you're an artist, you should be creating that art, a musician, uh, a healer, whatever it is, but we don't. We get sidetracked, right? I have a degree in English. I do my work with big corporations, helping them do leadership strategy, but inside I'm a poet. So how do these things march forward in the world more closely, um, more holding hands? More than they have been and i'm seeing that in in all kinds of ways for businesses as well as individuals through this
0: yeah me too being able to press the pause and be able to do our hearts our hearts longing yeah an important stage and i'm really seeing a lot of it you're doing that too as well like i can see it in your yoga you brought us all online and it's such an empowering class and you really bring <laughs> a sense of vulnerability to it always make me cry it's like amazing. So how have you felt, you know, i see that as being part of your personal life. So how has, you know, bringing this technology, you know, using this new technology and bringing your gifts, you know, and sharing them with your friends and everything. How is that affected How you're like functioning
1: personally? Well, I think it's interesting. It it all feels like the path sort of unfolded before me um, and then COVID, right? So it's not like I said, oh, now I'm going to start teaching this community class once a month. You know, I got my Um, I finally went and got my yoga teacher training certification after my triplets left for college. And I thought, okay, I had, that was a little bit of a, I went from five kids to two, um, both who were teenagers, and I was able to get some professional development in areas that were interesting to me, not just about bringing home a dollar. I mean, I got my um, yoga teacher certification primarily, so I had a deeper understanding of the practice for my own self, but then I, you know, taught occasionally in Seattle and I went to work for a big um, online yoga group. And that was very separate from my personal practice. So last fall, I think trying to get back to a place of um, sharing the practice of yoga, which for me is not about flexibility. It's about uniting mind, body, and spirit. Um, I, did, I didn't have any money in December. So I said, I'm just going to teach a community class for all our lady friends around solstice and uh, raise some money for Dove, which is a Vashon fundraiser for domestic violence um, situations and so people showed up and it was really beautiful and everybody said we should do this every week and I said hell no Sunday mornings are sacred to me but we can do it once a month and so it was really beautiful in April which was our first quarantine month or maybe it was March I don't even know um we we were able to take the same group of people and move into a um a digital space and connect with each other right make eye contact and it's the same flow of vinyasa class and I think those kind of um interactions are what we need right now to sustain us it's not ideal it's not the same thing as being able to like place my hands on somebody's you know brow at the end of class or give a hug but it is what we have and uh what i've been blown away by across the board um is how many people are showing up to contribute what they have to offer right so people that i mean i have a dear friend who makes a living in a hospitality industry and as a performer right so where are those (laughs) wages those are the first two to go in all this who has now really stepped up and is sharing you know important information in a communications way about what's happening and stepping more into kind of a producer role and sorting things out and bringing her strengths I mean she doesn't have a lot of money to give to funds but bringing her strengths to the table and learning to do things differently Um, and that's happening all over the place yeah yeah
0: isn't it? how everybody's stepping up and it is and
1: it's amazing because in the midst of all this people's growth and i know i i always sound i feel like i need to acknowledge the fact that i sound like i'm dancing on the grave of the world it is not that what's what's so truly astonishing to me is that in the midst of huge personal struggles i mean people who have just lost a loved one or who worried about um Like, I can't get my hands on four out of five of my children, right? I can't see them right now. One works at a hospital, one works downtown. It wouldn't be safe. And all those things are real. I mean, I ache ache to be in their physical presence, right? And people who have lost family members and have no income whatsoever, no idea. In the midst of all that stuff, deep personal um, growth cycles and all this information we're being flooded with about the rest of the world and our futures, they're still contributing. Yeah. And so my hope is that in this conversation and who knows by the time this airs, what will, what will it even look like? Right? Like we couldn't have predicted this week, four weeks ago. So I don't know when this comes out in May, I think you said, but what what we're looking at then and what challenges, but I think um, what I really wanted to talk about on this call with you was how important it is for people to be where they feel like they are like, (laughs) you know, put like right hand on heart, left hand on belly and breathe into being energetically aligned with how they feel. Because I think this whole quarantine situation and this, um, what I hope is the beginning of the shaking of the edge of this dying capitalist patriarchal culture, right? It's gonna be super uncomfortable. And we have got to know how to manage our own physiological Stress responses and all those things. I mean, we are mammals, right? We do. Um, we were not designed to live in twenty-four hours of bad news. So, be where you are and use your body and and how how that can be helpful in in the larger picture. You know, the more immunity we have through things like joy and creating and being in alignment with our dharma and resting when we need to and moving our bodies, all those things create immune health as much as you know elderberry syrup or whatever other things people can do i mean i think the more self work we do it helps the entire world it helps the collective
0: so what advice would you give our listeners like what are some of the things that we can do to just be where we are how do we listen
1: to that inner voice inside and follow. it's hard um it's i think it's a thing that like now when i sit down to meditate i can be in it you know a few breaths in and stay there um, and, and feel <laughs> relaxed when I started meditating. I literally told myself I can sit for one song and I always choose like the shortest possible song, like the two minute and 23 second song because I knew I could do it. And then I felt really like I was an advanced meditator when I went to some Krishna Das song that was seven minutes long. You know? <laughs> like, holy shit, I'm really meditating now. But I think people are aware of where they need to be. And it's the discongruity of what is expected of us to be producers or to be homeschooling our kids while trying to work from home while still having a clean house, like all that stuff. And just cutting yourself some slack is the first place to start and acknowledging that imperfection is super valid, um, that nobody knows what's going on and that that deep uncertainty will be best served by resting if you feel moved to rest. And I also really think that if people can get their heart rate up a few times a week, whatever that looks like, even if it's a you know, if you're in a chair in your living room dancing, that's as much space as you have Then do it um, because we are herd animals that are separated from our herd primarily. Um, we're in these little core groups, but that's not how we're designed, that's not how our systems work. Mm-hmm. And so getting into that um, that rhythm of burning off some of that residual stress from how we're living through movement is incredibly helpful and practical and i also think yeah, God, every morning every morning run
0: run every morning is amazing and it can it that running that movement that walking that getting on an elliptical if you have one in your house just discharges all of that pent-up energy that fight and flight you know yeah. like everything that's coming in if you sit down and watch the news i try to do it only once a week now but it is, you have to go for a walk afterwards or be in nature just to just tell, you know, everything that's going on right now.
1: Yeah. So I think that would be my number one. If I could, if I could have everybody do two things, one would be to like get their heart rate up for 20 small minutes once a day, maybe early in the day. And also to um, put some pretty strong boundaries around news cycle uh, and what you're miring yourself in, right? There are Plenty of opportunities have news flung in our face. I mean, I go on Facebook for work. Yeah, because I've run a bunch of social pages for people. But also to see what my friends are doing or checking with my kids, whatever. And there's so much. I mean, the same people. It's interesting. I see the same people that always say, I can't wait till I'm going to finally make it to yoga this Sunday. I'm going to come. And they don't come. And then still feel bad, right? It's a really hard cycle to get out of. So I think that news cycle is still it's one of those things too. It's easy to stay entrenched in it and then it makes you feel more despair and then it's harder to pull away from it because you are kind of feeding that beast and it's good to have really clear bookmarks around how you're going to approach the news and what news you're going to let into your psyche. Like I have so far, I'm fucking super proud of this, avoided listening to the person who was serving as the president voice this entire time. Like if it's a video, I scan past it. If it's some bad lip reading somebody made, I scan past it. Like I don't want to hear them talk. It's super irritating. And it puts, it makes me feel toxic. Right. So I get a negative charge from it. I don't fucking want it. And I don't have to have it. I can still go to news sources. Right. When I'm ready for news, I get online and I read uh, the guardian that I subscribe to or BBC communications, you know, something reasonable. Um, But yeah, it's tricky. Yeah, it's tricky. It's great. That sounds
0: like great self-care and that's great advice for everybody who's looking, you know, how do I self-care right now? That's perfect. How does your PR agency help you on your life and what skills carry you over, especially
1: in times like this? Well, it's interesting because I feel like more than ever. So my clients have been over the years kind of um, moving in a direction of people who, who are contributing, um, you know, writing books or being speakers, people that are in that universe. Um, I have a client downtown that does a lot of work with um, like Russell Wilson's foundation and how do we serve under-resourced kids this way? And so that kind of work is where the business has been heading in the last 10 years. Um, so I'm really pleased about that. Cause I want, I mean, I have to earn a living, but I also would like my livelihood to be supportive of general good in the world. I think this, um, opportunity like this thing that's happening in the world every business call i've been on and i mean like with vice presidents of national banks to smaller groups of women who are from everybody checks in and sounds like they mean it at the start of the meeting like how are you doing today like somebody's like oh my grandmother passed away in germany and i can't get there to be with my grandfather or you know i don't know i'm really worried about my son he was coughing all night what is it like all that stuff has become people have become increasingly real in their um discussion of who they are that day at that minute. And I think that is an incredibly important piece. And at least in my work, I, I feel like I've worked with so many healers and yoga teachers and in this universe that some of the coaching has come through, you know, um, like the very same book that I spent time promoting had information in it that now this new client needs to hear, which is like, you get to step into this, right? You can let that other story you've been telling yourself your whole life about how you suck for X, Y, or Z reasons and actually state out loud and proudly this is the work I want to be doing and this is how I'm going to do it right so the worlds of business and self-care and wellness and global healing are all starting to create a different kind of net I think that is way beyond just profit and loss
0: yeah I'm excited for what's coming I'm excited about what I'm seeing
1: I'm excited about it too. I'm nervous that people are going to. Uh, I feel like, the, you know, the earth is starting to heal. We're seeing it a little bit, and I feel like this is the most gentle nudge. Like she's such a good mom. The planet, like it's like literally, I'm going to give you this horrible illness. That the only the worst thing that's going to happen is well, I mean, you might die, yeah, but also you're protecting each other, and you just have to be home with your families, right? Like it's not 50% mortality. It's not taking all the babies. It's not making us have boils on our faces. It's a pretty gentle scenario in terms of a global pandemic. Mm -hmm. Horrifyingly upsetting, healthcare workers are above and beyond, like all those things. Yes, acknowledging like hand on heart, the hard and important work being done by people who are sick. But most of us are just grappling with what does it mean to sit with ourselves and our families. Mm -hmm. And it's bringing people to their knees. But I think it is time It was time for a shift. I mean, I think we all know that, you know, this last election cycle and the news cycle. And somebody said, I don't know what I was watching, an online video or something was like, remember the fires in Australia? Remember when that seemed like a really big deal? Horrifying deal, still massively impactful, but it seems like we're way beyond that being the biggest news. And so I think just the, the way it was all starting to spin bigger and bigger and bigger, it was time for like, enough. Like if the world was my, I mean, at one point I had five children under six living in my house, right? And they would just get afternoons where it was so nutty that I'm like, now we're all going to our rooms for half an hour. Me too. Like just take a breath. And I think that's kind of where we were. Something needed to shift. And so we've had this, um, this corrective event and what are we going to do with it? And what scares me is uh, that we won't take advantage of it, that we won't, that we won't learn from this different way of doing stuff.
0: I think there are definitely going to be people who aren't going to take the time, aren't going to look inside, aren't going to look at the big picture. But I think the majority, at least from what I've seen, and I know I run in different circles, but um, the majority that I've seen are, you know, looking and looking within and looking outside of themselves and seeing what can change. Yeah. What
1: needs. And I think, you know, business is responding to people's ability to still work from home, even in the middle of this. And maybe what, it looks like is an awareness of the possibility of less commuting pollution or the fact that people are going to the grocery store once a week (laughs) instead of six times a week, you know, um, not being able to get goods from China. I hope that that stays for a while. Like we probably have enough plastic here. We just have to figure out a way to share um, what we already have better, you know, and i I, it's amazing to watch everybody bloom into a homesteader too you know even people in apartments are planting gardens and learning to knit and I think we're returning to a um, it's a bad a desire to be people with hands in the earth again mm-hmm. you know so we're only a couple of generations out from that um, and it's funny how a
0: situation like this can take us right to that moment where we know all these skills and we can tap into
1: those skills everybody's yeah. building a garden right now I love it. I know you can't even get a baby chick on Vashon. I had to do like wheeling and dealing to get a chick here. That's <laughs> some chicks. And I feel like every year people are like, I have too many chicks. Take them. So I think, you know, the other thing I want I want to say about where we live, which is an amazing and resilient and very special special place on the planet. I think that um, one thing that has become abundantly clear to me over the last couple of years of work it's always been part of sort of what I what I want to do, but now it's the fact that my huge blessing makes me accountable, right? Like I was thinking about 420 yesterday. I live on an island full of deadheads. Pretty much everybody's high all the time, I think. And le- two legal pot stores in a population of 10,000 people, right? Like the sheriff in a tie dye used to work the Dora. Um, our festivals. I mean, it is a very cannabis friendly community, right? And then I was thinking about 420 yesterday. This is partly what my poem's about. For a lot of men, particularly black men in America, black women, people of color, they're in jail for life for like less than an ounce of weed, yeah. right? And now these these for-profit prisons where people are um, making money for huge corporations just by putting their their black bodies into servitude, right? It's a nightmare. It's a disaster and it's cannabis related. And so yesterday I was thinking about that and it's 420 and I get that. I mean, I was, I followed the dead for years, right? Like it's a celebratory thing to have a rainbow day, but also, yeah, we have this huge weight of reparations. And then I got an email from Elizabeth Warren talking about, um, like, what her plan for cannabis management and and racial equity and, would be. And I was like, that is what we need. I mean, I think this big shift of this return to the feminine, um, you know, having really strong, practical female candidates that everybody's like, they can't get elected. I'm like, it is time for there to be a restoration of balance, the, the entirely male-centric, white male-centric. I mean, I have four white male sons. I love them, right? I
0: yeah,
1: I love I love all men. I love white men. They're great, but it's time to, to have some balance, right? I would like to see some women leaders in power. Look at New Zealand right now. They're getting through COVID. She's like, it's still a nursing mom and the whole country's thriving. Um, yeah. So I think there's a, there's a time for a restore to balance. And also that if you are in a place that is as beautiful and as privileged as where we happen to live to like, gain some knowledge right now, what can you do? Can you do one thing, make one phone call, vote differently, maybe follow somebody different on social media who's talking about what it is to be a person of color in this country right now? I think um, that has to become part of the conversation that it's, a, it's resource allocation and it's privilege and it has to be addressed because it's real. Mm-hmm. Agree, thank you for bringing that
0: up, that's an amazing point.
1: Yeah, and I think so part of my work, you know, we're talking about this opportunity. Um, I think now when I'm meeting with new clients or whatever, I, I talk with them. I'm like, how do we, like a woman who wants to start a school for female leaders, I'm like, okay, how do we offer that to under-resourced um, women right. who are not going to be able to afford this fee, but need it, and then we'll bring it back to their communities. So I think just as much as possible, trying to bring what's personally important into my working life um, feels in alignment with where we are, it's mm-hmm. important.
0: Right? As a global, Amanda, thank you so much for doing that. It's yeah, good. of
1: course. Yeah. Everybody is too. Yeah. It's amazing. Like people are helping each other all over. Mm-hmm. So, well, you're all. Also- you know, and then I have some days where I'm on. Huh? Go ahead. What did you say? Oh, no, I was, was going to say said, it, and I have some days that. where. I'm- <laughs> Go ahead. I didn't hear you. Go ahead, Amanda, with what you were going to say. I was just going to say that there are some days where I'm like on fire and I'm like, "Oh, so-and-so should work with so-and-so and it be an amazing partnership, blah, 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 blah. And this and that. And it's all spinning and it makes sense. And then I have other days where I'm like, today what I'm going to do is the least amount of email, like garden, walk the dog extra long, and just be in my body and make tea out of things that are growing in my yard because those little rituals are um, very comforting to me also.
0: Yeah. And that is so. what it's really like right now is the ups. And the downs you're super motivated then you need to come back down and sort of do some self-care and then you're super motivated again yeah. and you know you've got this great idea or you're creating or something and then you come back down to stillness again and kind of have to sit with something that's been brewing for a while then you're manifesting it or it's the new moon or it's the full moon and yeah. then all of a sudden you want to just take a bath all day
1: <laughs> it really is the energy of what's
0: going yeah. on yeah and then you have
1: to like be doing canning and <laughs> yeah it's a lot and ordinary life goes on, right? Like I have an eighteen-year-old here who, um, and people need. You need to eat, you know, get the laundry done, and the housework hasn't gone away because of. I'm not one of these Marie Kondo people, but I've been trying to do like one drawer or cupboard or something, some pile every day. But then that has fallen off the last week. I haven't felt so much like doing it, but it's good stuff to do if you have the energy.
0: <laughs> A burst of spring spring cleaning, then it's on to something new, right?
1: Yeah. and this beautiful weather that we've been having has been really energy energizing for me. It's nice.
0: Yeah, it has been nice. So as I was going to say, you're also a published essayist and award-winning poet. Now, when did you begin and how has that affected life? And do you have something for us by chance?
1: Well, so I always was going to be a writer. Um, I actually wrote an essay about this last fall when that book, little women came out. We, I grew up in, you know, I moved to the States from Canada when I was around 10. And so that's when my real sort of memory journey begins. I mean, I have images from before then, but not so much, but then we moved here and we lived in Andover, Massachusetts, which is not far from Concord where Louisa May Alcott was from. So I would always be begging my parents to take me to visit Concord. And we'd go to Walden Pond and see the Alcott house and always scribbling in journals. And then right, you know, I was, um, started writing poems, I'm sure in school for some reason, and fell in love with the form. I actually went to college on a four year uh, full ride, free tuition scholarship for poetry, oh. um, and was a poet, and I did readings, and all kinds of things um, until my mid-twenties when my, I moved to the Seattle area. I got pregnant with triplets, and haven't done a lot of poetry writing um, in the years since. I've published a few poems, but most of my writing has been for work projects. Mm-hmm. Um, or just you know, private personal journaling. And the last few years started a blog and have gotten back into writing some poems. Um Ara, our is our friend, uh, who is an amazing poet and singer and songwriter, and so sort of kind of drifting on that and some other little writing projects with friends. Um, yeah, so just I think right now being Po- poetry speaking to me in a way that it hasn't for a lot of years. And I think it's because what's happening is so vast that only poetry and maybe music, poetry and music are big enough to encompass, right? Our shared humanity in this massive event in these very small and beautiful ways. Um, yeah, so I, I've been trying to read a poem every day that I haven't read before and then do some writing. Uh, I started <laughs> right before COVID. Um, I decided to do 40 days of writing for Lent Um, So I started on Ash Wednesday, I was going to like, write and just do 40 days of writing for Lent. And I had no idea about the journey that that was going to be right. Those 40 days kind of covered the first news, news announcements of COVID to now where we are. Um, So it's interesting to go back and look at that. And hopefully at some point will be a a chapter or two in this book that I've been working on my whole life that will never finish. (laughs) I can't wait to read it. Oh, and what you do.
0: And your Facebook page and your Instagram page. And when you write just those little snippets from your morning walk or something like that are so uplifting and so heartfelt, you know, thank you for sharing those. Thank you. With us.
1: Yeah. And it's funny. So part of the work for me in this quarantine has been our, and I started a Facebook page called these astonishing days. And I'm, I have given myself permission because I get very caught up in doing things perfectly, especially since this is the work that I do in the world, right? For my livelihood Um, is social media and writing, blah. And I'm like, this page is going to be about nothing, but sharing content for me. Like I don't, I don't hashtag properly. I don't invite followers to like us. Like none of the things that you would do when setting up a page to get followers. For me, it's been an experiment in doing little recordings of practices that are helpful to me and, We're going to be talking more about poetry and maybe some little R and I had been talking about doing a retreat in person, but maybe it's an online retreat or something through that. And we got the words, these astonishing days from the beautiful Mary Oliver poem about astonishment, right? That our work in the world is to be astonished and tell about it um, because this is an astonishing time to be alive. I mean, in every way, astonishment can also be horrified surprise. It doesn't have to be a treat. I think it is um, at a both macro and micro level, certainly nothing I've ever experienced um, in terms of its tot- the totality of the community in which it encompasses. Um, so yeah, now I'm trying to get back into the poem game, as it were, for my own joy, not necessarily even for publication. And then because of the world being synchronous right now, my friend Jen Pasoloff, who started this amazing fundraiser, because she was like trapped in her house with her three-year-old and her husband, and does she's a naturally giving person. She's a connector. Um, and she's like, well, we should just, somebody, she works with a woman called the Black Fairy Godmother who does direct giving and you basically buy a gift certificate and it goes to a family in need. So now this thing's at like a hundred grand and she's got famous people all over the place in these conversations and I, because I'm doing live streams and it's amazing and she's a phenomenon. But um, I happened to jump on one of the live streams yesterday and she was talking with um, a woman named Azure Antoinette who is doing a 30 day poetry challenge on Instagram. And so as I, I texted in the comment thread, right? I'll do a poem every day for 30 days. And she was like, awesome. Can't wait to read it. And so now I'm on some weird text thread with an amazing poet and Liz Gilbert and Jen, like, so the world is, um, meeting. I feel like it's meeting people where they are. Once They're being a little bit brave. Like it is really scary for me to share a poem and not have lipstick on for a zoom call. That's going to be recorded and all those things. But also we have to let go of a lot of bullshit to move forward. Mm -hmm in our, in our personal growth. And like, it doesn't everybody now, now we all know it really doesn't matter how often you go to the hairdresser because we're all going to look kind of like our ordinary selves. will when we come out of this, I mean, all this joking about like the number one thing people want to do is get a brow wax and go out drinking. That's kind of funny, but um, I think, you know, we just are letting go of stuff that maybe before had to be perfect or presented differently. And now people are being more real. And that's going to be the stuff that heals us. I think yes i think you know i picked up i used to play the violin and, and for years and i've been playing again um because we have more i have more time now and it feels like the right time to be creating in that way and it's awful and elliot my son who is home with me very politely asked the other day he's like so how long does practice last usually <laughs> <laughs> and i was like you <laughs> <laughs> so oh
0: that's sweet and it
1: yeah, really- I think whatever, wherever you can find pockets of joy that involve creative energy and movement energy and love energy, right? Like I had these baby chicks, I'm completely in love with them, like as beings, because they're so clueless and sweet. And so I think any, any pockets of joy you have in your day, I don't know, maybe it's like a house plant you super love or a smell, like any of those things, embrace them. That's part of the human experience too, even in hard times, yeah. even in, um, yeah, really challenging times.
0: Yeah. And speaking of challenging times, you being a small business and we're seeing all the small businesses on Vashon, um, struggling, what, or how are you feeling the realities of what's going on and what advice do you have for small businesses out there that are struggling as well?
1: Uh, so I right now, I mean, my, my economics are always pretty simple. I'm always bringing in about what I need to make bills with a little savings. Right. So I'm not a person with a tremendous reserve in the bank, but I'm also not a person who has to worry about if they should get blueberries or not at the store. Right. So, um, economically, I think the whole system is set up for us to not thrive with the cost of healthcare and tax rates and all those things. So, um, I'm hoping that this, this inequality, this wealth imbalance, the the impossible nature of the fact that Amazon pays no taxes and I pay 20%. I mean, that can't, can't stay that way. Right. So I feel like that stuff will work itself out over time. Hopefully if people vote Um, and I'm not talking even about the presidential election, I'm talking like become involved in community state Senate elections, learn a little bit about who's representing you. Like, all the changes that are positive right now are being made at the state level, I and mean, you can see it. Different groups of smart states doing the right things about this illness and the sharing of resources are banding together in groups. I mean, you and I have talked before. I see this sort of as the end of a state-driven government for this bioregion and forming into more regional, um, regional groups over a long period. I mean, if democracy is going to be successful, I think it's going to look more like something like that than trying to manage um, just this huge monolith. But um, my advice for small businesses would be to keep trying, right? People are finally getting this, this tiny and ridiculous government supplement. Um, but it's something, it's not nothing uh, to try and look for opportunities. You know, I don't know if you know about the story about the downtown, that restaurant Canless, which was super high end gourmet foodie foodie um, has just, they had all this food. And so they started making lunches for people in need um and just giving them away, and then big businesses that are still thriving that are Seattle-based, like Amazon, is giving them money to keep that going. Right, so I think there are opportunities. I think the hardest-hit people right now, local businesses that are hospitality-based, so restaurants. Like we treat ourselves once or twice a week to a takeout meal from somebody on Bastion that's still open. Um, I've been trying to share ideas I have for social with people that are trying to get keep their businesses going. I would love, for example, to be able to send lunch to our local EMT crew and then that way they can get fed, like <laughs> it's a way of saying thank you, and it can also support a local business. So I think whatever you can do, try and do it and hang in there. Um my guess is that our human impatient nature and economics are going to drive a reopening of things by June, which might be too soon, but yeah, it's hard times. And I think that everybody should be like, we're not going to pay our frickin' taxes until corporations start getting these grants that we can't access. I mean, there are huge, massive systems of revolt that could be put in place. My hope is that people are fed up enough to have the energy to do that. Because it's going to have to start with people like us before we can expect people that are working three jobs to keep the lights on to feed their kids to do it. Yeah, it's true. And we are, we are in touch with a different set of information than a lot of people in this country are. So... Mm-hmm. It's a reality.
0: Yeah. What personal and professional opportunities are you finding space for right now with what's going on, and how can others go about doing the same?
1: You know, I I think for me it's about connecting people um, with resources or ideas, and social is a great way to do that. I think it's about being willing to stretch a little bit and um, bring an idea to the table that might sound really crazy or out of the box. Uh, but also it might be just the right thing. Kind of trusting my intuition, my gut more. Um, even on work calls, like last week, a woman I was working with asked me an opinion about which social media handle to get. And I, here's my response, which I've never given in the history of my professional career. I was like, I don't know. I'm really tired. I'm a little bit brain dead. And I, I'm just going to let you know tomorrow morning. And honoring that, you know, my inability to be provide the best service just because of where I was. Um, I'm also <laughs> trying to make a map of like, what do I want my work weeks to look like? Like, what percentage of time do I want to go to my personal creative stuff? What percentage of time do I want to do towards service, right? If there are some, somebody I can work with for free to just kind of help them get to the next step, how much pay, you know, exchange of time for money do I need to do to keep it all going and not feel imprisoned by it? Um, getting away from this client that I had those last five years where I was working ridiculously long hours. Um, yeah, that, that framework doesn't work for me anymore. I want to kind of reclaim and make the best use of my expertise, right? And, and ask for what I'm worth. It's scary to ask for what you're worth, to be paid what you're worth as a woman. But also I think the more of us that do it, then here we are, <laughs> you know, it's better. So yeah, and, and trying to be patient with people. People are in a hurting space. So a lot of times I think um, not everybody's their best self right now. And to have some patience with that in others and in myself. Yeah.
0: And thank you for pointing out, you know, that we can look at our lives now that we've pressed this pause and we can say, Hey, you know, I'm not in the right space right now. Let me check in with this, you know, in the morning, you know, and that sort of thing. And I think that these are things that are going to carry on into every day. Like, you know, Hey, do I really need to go to work, you know, for eight hours a day? What portion of that Mm -hmm. can I do at home? You know, what chunk of time did I set aside for myself, you know, during this, for self care or to sit and write or to exercise where I wasn't able to exercise before. And how can I implement that? You know, yeah. and you, you're really good about that and your exercise and getting out in nature. But here's
1: the thing. And I always feel like I, I'm always like, yeah, I run every day. I practice yoga most days. Here's why, because I am way less insane. If I do that, it's not because it is a particular pleasure for me to get up at five 30 on a rainy morning and head out into the forest for a couple miles. I'm blessed that I'm able to, you know, I live somewhere that that can happen, but I, like anyone else, be like, oh, it'd be so nice to stay in bed, but it feels so much better over the course of the day, and if there's any wisdom I've gained over 50 years of life, it's that practice means you do it anyway, right? Yeah. It, yoga, the whole point of yoga, the physical practice of asana was to become um, comfortable with discomfort, right? You take, you take a pose on a mat, and you're able to hold it and breathe through it, right? That carries out into the larger world. I mean, I think any kind of spiritual discipline or physical discipline, you just have to do it. You have to get the question piece out of your brain. So whether it's, I'm going to journal every day for 40 days, or I'm going to wake up and go for a run every day, like just, just do it (laughs) because we are really good as as a species of talking ourselves out of right thinking and right, right doing by our thinking. So, you know, for me, it's It's almost like a discipline.
0: Like how am I going to discipline myself to self care? You know, I know. To, uh, to it sounds crazy. You know, so I have energy, and I have lifted up myself so I can give out into the world or to my yeah. Family, even if it's just to your family, yeah. Refilling your cup,
1: yeah, refilling your cup, and I think it's important too to 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 understand your cup well enough to know what real refilling looks like, right? For me, I very rarely watch TV, and so when I finally do watch a film or something, it feels like. It's usually something that's pretty nourishing, but I think also what can happen is people think that self-care is only pleasures, right? So maybe self-care is not always lying on the couch, eating a pizza and watching a movie. Like self-care can sometimes be super uncomfortable for me. Self-care is making a budget every month and like putting my tax money in the bank and being clear on all my paperwork, like the tedious shit that is boring about running a business, but it's self-care that I can go and look at my billing records for 2019 in an organized way and not freak out about it. So The discipline of getting up and doing writing, if you feel called to do that. I mean, every musician in the world knows that it's not that fun to practice, but you're not going to fucking rock it if you don't practice. And I think this pause, the great awakening, some people are calling it the great cause or the, you know, cosmic shit show, whatever your, your term for this is, is an opportunity to put some new behaviors into practice and actually do them, whether you feel like doing them or not.
0: Yeah. Amen. sister.
1: Yeah, I mean, that, uh, the whole recovery community, right? There's a line, um, everybody that's sober, there's a line in the big book that says something like, um, regardless of how I think or feel, and I think that's true. If it's a decision that you've made from a place that is truly resonant with you and you know it's going to be for your better health, if, it's, if, you, if you are convicted that you know that you need to get more exercise, your, your body's craving it, you totally get it, you can, you can do that. You can say, I'm going to set my alarm every morning for seven and go for a 15-minute walk. I'm just going to do it for one week and see how it goes, you know, and keep it in that. Don't make it be forever, but, um, we're not particularly good at being good to ourselves in healthy ways as humans. And I think right now is an important time to figure out what ways you can serve yourself with. You're right. So you can go on and be of service to the world, which desperately needs people that are healthy and in their right mind. Yeah. And feeding our immune
0: system. Yeah. How you know yes. this is not just about self-care. It's about keeping our body 100%, keeping our immune system 100%. So when we come to the table, you know, or have to go to the grocery store or something like that, it's not so much of a worry because, okay, maybe I do get this, but my immune system is healthy enough where it's not going to take me down.
1: Yeah. I mean, I know for a fact, my, I had in 2009, I got super sick. I was in ICU on respirators for about eight weeks. Um, and you know that whole story, but my thoracic surgeon called and left a message like three weeks ago. He's like, I know you, and I know what kind of person you are. And you're going to think it's a really good idea to say, fuck the system. I'm going to hang out with my friends. He's like, just don't do that. Just stay home because if you came into the UW hospital right now, we wouldn't give you a respirator because of your previous lung surgeries. Um, which was pretty sobering to hear. And I, and I think about that. And I think that it's my responsibility. Yes. To stay home and wear a mask and do all those things. Um, I'm not being, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not seeing friends, even though there's a million spaces, we could be six feet apart here, but I still have to go to thrift way once in a while. And I think um, that part of my personal immune health is doing these things, these practices and healthy eating and all those things, because the more individual health we have, the, our collective health obviously right pre-covid after covid yeah
0: yeah exactly and in your intro you know the opportunities you're encouraging you, what practices rituals and exercises can help boost our own individual and us collective good health and immunity so why don't you share a little bit about that i know we've okay. touched on it a few times you know throughout the call but kind of okay,
1: so one thing that's super easy to do and i think feels really like a place people are trying to get to is um because it's spring and everything's growing like we do have an opportunity now to literally just place our feet like unsoxed unsoxed is that a word no socks no shoes nothing place feet on the earth and lean against a tree or lean against a building or if you are in a parking lot then put your feet on the warm concrete and lean against your car and just sit there for a minute, you know, with your spine against something with an awareness of the light that's coming down the sunlight and just flooding you. And then feeling that connection with the actual planet, the living, breathing planet. Um, I always say in yoga class, like we are a conduit. We are the bridge between the divine and the terrestrial. Um, And to be in that awareness, like give yourself the opportunity to just rinse your spine out with that idea of light coming up and down from the earth and through you. I mean, that's a super simple way to just take some deep breaths and be in your body and you don't have to really know anything to do it. And I think instinctively, um, we know that it feels good to put our feet on the earth and just breathe for a minute Um, and giving yourself permission to as often as possible dip into nature's cup, whatever that looks like. You know, I have friends that are living in New York that have um, taken to visiting the same group of pigeons or something on the corner every morning with the daughter's leftover breakfast toast. I don't know. They go for a short walk around the block um, and then witnessing, you know, the the birds and how they change and how much closer they're getting now and all those things. The other day, because we live on bass and I saw a dude uh, training crows, which I was like, what is even happening right now? (laughs) I know it's really crazy, but little rituals. I go, it's nettle season. If you live in the Pacific Northwest, so harvesting nettles and bringing them home. Um, sustainably sustainably harvesting them from properties that you know you have permission to go you never take the only one obviously but they're plentiful Um, and bringing home and drying some for winter and making tea right and I just add that nettle tea to my other teas over the course of the day I mean small things that put us in our physical body we are spending so much time in our mind right now Um, so anything that makes you feel connected to spirit and the earth those feel like the practices to me that are most Nourishing, right now, um, planting a garden, watering a plant, stroking a cat—it's uh, pretty be- pretty pure and blissful stuff to just be be present in those moments.
0: It is. You also take us to very vulnerable spaces when we're with you, even if it's just a conversation one on one. But even more so when you bring us into that first Sunday class and you said something that has stuck out for a lot of us everyone bleeds you know you're talking about the female cycle and everything but it's more than just bleeding like right now oh yeah it's still like, bleeding
1: can you talk a little bit everybody about bleeds yeah yeah i mean everybody's got stuff right now right so that's why i feel like this feeling of of gentleness and and um Like care, caring for ourselves and each other in very in real ways with what we have. You know, there's beautiful examples, and everybody, I think, right now has these astonishing losses and fears that are that would be crippling, except for this energy of love that's kind of pervading them. Right, like people that are managing to not lose their shit with their kids. If I had my small children home right now, I don't even know. Like that is a whole different universe, and so many people are in it and they're handling it beautifully out of love. And so to keep going back to, you know. Whatever wounds you have, whatever fears you have, that stuff, the things that make you feel like you're bleeding, um, yes, just like smother them with that love because there's so much generosity and goodwill energetically in the world right now also. I was watching a documentary. I can't remember what the name of it was, but um talking about, and Winona LaDuke, Amazing um, First Nations speaker came to Vashon and talked about the post-Wendigo economy, right? That we're gonna have to get rid of this idea of raping the earth for everything that we need, and create an economy that works in conjunction, right? This interdependence that we have, and then and then so it's like te- green technologies and all the work that everybody can do online, and then the human um, embrace of the natural world again, living in that. Um, so any anything you can put towards being there and then seeing, like, fractals and how the interwebs actually look like the capillary root systems of trees, it's pretty amazing yeah. how those things are just waiting for everybody to pay attention. They're like, hey, we're here, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You're also really
0: good at creating a safe space. Oh, thank you. So talk about how we can create a safe space within what's going on right now and
1: why is that so important? Uh, Well, it's important because I think we need to be shielded. I mean, I think part of it is what we talked about before about um, being shielded from being in the constant barrage of news, right? Or in our homes, right? Maybe being shielded is like you have to get into the bathroom every hour for five (laughs) minutes and just, (laughs) brush your teeth and not be around your kids. I don't know what it looks like, but I think you can create a mentally, um, an energetic shield, you know, just imagine yourself in some kind of cocoon or with your shields up, whatever it looks like visually from you drawing strength from the earth and just being protected from just saying out loud the words that you want to be protected from disharmonious energies and what you're welcoming in. I like to think a lot about what I'm welcoming in, not what I want to get rid of, you know, so welcoming in, um, Prosperity, an opportunity to be of service, um, passion and creativity. Right, Mm -hmm. that there's flow around the things that I'm doing, sort of in a bubble of those things. Um, Which sounds super woo-woo, but I think is helpful because we picture a lot about. We spend a lot of time worrying and visualizing what could go wrong, and I think it is optimal to spend an equal amount of time focusing on what has already gone right and. what things can grow from this.
0: Yeah. Along those same lines, you know, you're speaking about, you know, kind of the magic and the ritual that you bring into your life, you know, whether it's the season, the moon, you know, what role does that play in your life and how would that practice like benefit us today? Oh my God.
1: It's huge. Cause I feel like more, I mean, the older I get and the more I learn about, natural thing, you know biology environmental science and more. i learn about spiritual practices and different cultures ideas of gods i'm like oh my god it's all the same thing we are one uni- we're one organism we are so codependent and we have gotten so far from that and how we think um so for me just any awareness of the rhythm of the seasons is powerful it seems like um getting to know a particular walkway or path or tree or plant i mean there's a million ways to do it uh that's powerful magic. And I was digging in the garden the other day and I pulled up all these worms that were like the healthiest earthworms in the world. They'd be like a feast for a seagull or something. And I was thinking about all the unseen things that happen that support us, right? The the rhythm of the waves and gravity and the way the plants come up without us having to do anything but sow the seed. And Just there's a million ways in which we are supported and served. And nature to me it always brings that very clear and allows me to step outside my personal individual. Like I have some... <laughs> Hard things right now, some heartbreaks. You know, there are certain songs I cannot listen to right now, but then also to be in the world, you realize how finite we have always been as individuals and how infinite the, har- the harmony of things is. And that's most visible in the natural world for me. Three. You're also very
0: caring for others. Whether it's taking a fleece to a friend, you know, who's working outside
1: and you know, she's cold, or being a wine fairy to another friend, you know, that is so funny. I'm like, I literally never want anything with drinking and me online because I just think, why? And then I knew that she'd run out of wine, and Dan was so well stocked. So I was like at Thriftway, I was like, I'm going to buy a box of wine and leave it in her driveway. That's <laughs> awesome. a wine fairy. <laughs> But it's
0: those little things that like mean huge things to people right now, especially they're home and they're lonely and they can't give their best friend a hug. And there's, you know, there's a, hello. I was thinking about you today. You crossed my mind today. Yeah. And here's I'm going to show you. Like how can we get out there and like do that for each other? I
1: think it's super important to like, just try and check in with people. Like I've been trying to call my mom more than usual, which makes me feel like it's, it's a thing. She's in her eighties. And be patient with that. Like be, I, what else do I have to do? I'm walking the door. It could be listening to music or talking to my mother. It's going to make her super happy. It's not a big deal to me. Or um, I don't know. There's, there's a million ways A an, an older man that lives down the street started a little lending library and he was bummed out because nobody was bringing or exchanging books. So I brought a bunch of books that I wanted to get rid of over there. I mean, there's a million ways you can show up in the physical world, but also online, even Facebook messaging, somebody you haven't heard from in a while. I think can make them feel like, oh, I'm seen. Somebody's noticed that I'm not weighing in or whatever it is, or liking somebody's thing. Who cares if you've seen a picture of that beast 10,000 times before? It makes somebody feel good. So I think the more um, generosity we can share with each other, what we have, it's good. Yeah. it is. Yeah, really seeing people. Like I love what neighborhoods are all getting together. Like I watched some parades some people did in England, where they did the whole the storyline to Mama Mia and then wheeled the elderly residents of some nursing home down the street. Some crazy thing, all socially distanced. But I'm like, people are awesome, and the clever things they're doing in their houses with like skits and making art out of their bodies, and it's beautiful to watch. Oh my gosh, it's so much fun, isn't it? And I
0: love like all the support of the care workers. You know, everybody's out there at a certain time. How. Yep or out there clapping and I saw a picture, you know, in Italy, their houses were so close. They like rig these bamboo sticks and they're clinging their champagne across the way, you know, towards each other, just creating new and fun ways,
1: you know? Yeah. I think, you know, if you know somebody that lives alone, contact them because it is different. And I, I can't imagine being married right now with young children and living through that. That's not my experience of this, but I imagine that has its own sets of challenges and things, but it also feels like, to me anyway, you're going through this with somebody, so it's hard. I mean, I have Elliot here, is here part of the time, but not full time. And um, I'm not used to being alone, alone. I like being alone, but not like always. <laughs> so it's, it's been a getting used to it. I really appreciate it when people like our friend Patty dropped off some pear tree blossoms on my back deck with a jar of sauerkraut she'd made. Just like a little thinking of you, you know? Those kinds of things um, mean, mean the world. Yeah, they
0: do right now, don't they? Yeah. It, and that shows us there's still little ways that we can still say hi and connect and, you know, and she's walking totally. off your porch. You know, there's not even six views. So there's like, hey, I was thinking about you, but I know we can't be around each other right now.
1: Yeah. It, yeah. And, I, and I love that, you know, people are staying home and being respectful out of love. Yeah. And I just keep coming back to that. Like people we will get through this. It's going to be okay. And I think some good will come of it. Um, and it, uh, so much sorrow, too. But hopefully, we can use it as an opportunity to see how much how much value there is in each other's company, real company, you know, like hug company.
0: The beautiful <laughs> thing that you want to share to finish up our conversation today, what would it be? Although what you said was beautiful just now,
1: I would just encourage people to yeah, just close their eyes, be aware of the spot between their brows. That's their intuition you know, touch it, <laughs> engage with it if you need to, or your hand on your heart. And then, um, you know, breathing deeply into your stomach, into your core, your, your lower chakras, and seeing what you need and asking yourself that when things seem overwhelming or you're unsure because there's great uncertainty, but there always has been great uncertainty, <laughs> right? It's always all been finite. So I think in that is, is immense possibility. And so to try and honor that by acknowledging where
0: you are. And if one were to want to contact you or follow you on Facebook
1: or Instagram,
0: how can they reach
1: you? So Facebook probably the best thing is to go to that page that I started with Ara. These Astonishing Days. Um, all one word. And then Instagram, it's just amandac.kelly D-A-C dot Kelly. So Amanda C. Kelly. I mean, I'm pretty easy to find. If they can find you, they can find me. So I think, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I would say my website address, but I'm like my website is like the cobbler's children that have no shoes. <laughs> it
0: needs some work. That's funny. I'm sure they wouldn't mind when they go see it, and it's a way to find you. Yeah. Cool. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah. So. everybody. Amanda Kelly.
1: Oh wait! I forgot to read my poem, oh, yes. Liz. I got to read my poem. Thank you so. All much. right, we can end on my poem because I was. To end our conversation. Brave and do it. Okay, it's okay, I'm gonna just say it was I written yesterday and hasn't been proofed or anything, but I was gonna just be brave. Oh,
0: I've lost her. Amanda, are you still there? Can you hear me? We seem to have lost Amanda. Let's see if we can get her back, little technical difficulty. See if she pops back in here to be able to read that poem. Up, oh, I've lost her. Everybody, thank you so much for joining me today on Raise the Vibe with Liz. It was such an honor and privilege to have my friend Amanda Kelly join me today. And I hope you guys enjoyed all of her fantastic information that she shared with us and her tips and tools and exercises and her heart. Thank you so much for joining me today on Raise the Vibe with Liz. And remember to get out there and raise the vibe. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to today's show on Raise the Vibe with Liz. If you like this content and want to support me, please go to Patreon at Raise the Vibe with Liz or click the link in the description of this show. And remember, change starts with you. So get out there and raise the vibe. Thank you, everyone.